1: Lately, I have been very into the five minute relaxation body scan with Susie Mark Shiflin. Guys, Susie is the most soothing instructor. She incorporates these sound bath sounds into her head to toe relaxation exercise. It's so easy to do. Obviously, there are also yoga classes and exercise classes and so many other things you can learn and check out on alanmoves.com, but I just had to share that one with you.
2: hello and welcome to fat mascara i'm jess i'm jen hi everyone welcome it is our big interview day and i am psyched we have kim france in the house today in the virtual studio. we are going to be talking about topic that jen and i if you listen to this pod this will not be new to you we've been talking a lot about age inclusivity in the beauty industry and kim is the perfect person to speak to this She
1: is indeed. So, Kim France is a journalist, editor, a podcaster. She's worked for Sassy, Spin, and New York magazines and was the founding editor of a little magazine, maybe you heard of, called Lucky. I don't know. Launched in 2000. If you are a person of a certain age, you've heard of that magazine. While she was editor there, she was named one of the most powerful women in New York by the New York Post. And in 2012, she started Girls of a Certain Age, a blog about style and smarts and shopping for. I'm going to just say growing up women, and we'll get into it in the interview. Um, she she and author Jennifer Romellini also host Everything is Fine, a podcast for, and this is how they describe it, so that's what I'm going to say, it's a podcast for women on life over 40. So I'm really excited to talk to her. Uh, truth be told, she's like, Jess and I fangirled a little bit because we are both, as you know, Fans of Sassy magazine, where she was a writer for years. So just bear with us as we get through that part of the interview <laughs> and then enjoy, enjoy the discussion, which is freewheeling and super fun. And we loved having her on the show. Kim, hi, welcome to Fat Mascara. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. We're so excited to have you. We're such fans of all your work. Guys, offline, we were already raving about how we're like Sassy's oh, biggest readers. We won't put you through all that again, Kim. Live (laughs) and die.
2: Live and die. So we wanted to have this conversation
1: about women and aging, but before we even get to all of that, tell me, do you identify with a particular like generation or age group?
3: Well, technically I'm the last year of the baby boom, 1964, but I don't feel like a baby boomer. And there is another generation, a little micro generation called Generation Jones is what I think they call it. And that's for older, I mean, younger baby boomers who don't identify with the baby boom, but instead identify with Gen X. So I would say I've definitely always identified as Gen X.
2: Why do they call them Generation Jones?
3: I so wish I could tell you and I read it and I don't remember.
2: Okay, all right, move on, (laughs) pass, pass, okay. (laughs) So but you do feel
1: like, so you feel like Gen X, even though you're technically a boomer.
3: Definitely. The first time I read a, de- a description of Gen X, I was like, yep, yeah, uh-huh.
2: And how would That's you define it. that? Like, what what about that description resonated with you? Kids of divorce, kid,
3: latchkey kids, you know, kids who were left to entertain themselves at the end of the day who didn't have, who had the opposite of helicopter parents, who, you know, came after a great generation and always felt like the coolest thing happened right before they got there mm-hmm, sort of thing. I no longer feel that way, but I definitely did for a long time.
1: Okay. Yeah. At, at what age then did you feel like you were grown up? Like you're like, okay, I'm an adult now. <laughs> Has it happened?
3: No, I mean, I mean in really? some ways, yes, obviously, because I've, I've done grown up things and had a grown up job. But I do feel like, I am essentially still the person I was at
1: 17. So that's your like brain age in your head. You picture 17 year old Kim still?
3: 17,
1: 37, and then 58,
3: which I am, you know, because sometimes, I mean, definitely when I'm like, you know, dealing with my bad knee and everything else, I definitely feel 58.
1: Where's 37 come in? What was that year all about?
3: 37. Actually, funny, I should say that that was when I was about one or two years into editing Lucky.
2: And wh- why, um, like, how come that's frozen into your mind? Not sure. Not sure. Mm. I think because
3: I got, oh, also, <laughs> I forgot this. I got married when I was 37, very briefly. Mm. So I think that, you know, I was, I was reaching adult for adulthood. Year. Yeah, it was yeah. an adult year.
2: But do you think a lot of people, because I, I I even hear that I remember, I remember when I was younger and my mother said like inside, I still feel 16. And I looked at her and I was like, (laughs) I think I was like, you know, around 16. I was just like, what are you talking about? But now as I'm older, I understand what she means. And the hearing you say that, like, could you speak to that sentiment a little bit more? Cause I know what you mean, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. It's,
3: it's a funny thing. I mean, I think for me personally, part of it is because I never had children. People who have had children tell me it's not due to that, but I do think a lot of instant adulthood happens when you have kids. So I feel like that, for me personally, is a big part of it, not being a mother. But I think it also has to do with what I chose to do for a profession and how, like thin the line was between work and play in publishing. And you got to kind of it was a kind of collegiate lifestyle. <laughs> yeah in some grown-up job with like a, kid perks with kid perks and like we were all like I don't know about you but I grew up I think you know fairly privileged and I went in the world I graduated to magazine publishing was even more privileged
2: mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so
3: I don't know what any of that has to do with feeling 18 but
2: no I guess because it's not like you're kind of saying you didn't really have to grow you weren't thrust into adulthood like it wasn't like okay now you have to cut your hair get a job and everything sucks and as a parent you don't have the same suddenly there's there's things that you have to worry about that I guess is that what you're saying
3: yeah and I think some of it is the dressing of adulthood yeah like my mother you know my mother had three kids by the time she was 30 she was forced into being an adult and I would imagine still felt a little bit like a 17 year old but didn't know it wasn't
1: even appropriate
3: to still feel that way.
2: That's a really great yeah. way. That's a great way to put it.
1: How do you feel about the term adulting?
3: <laughs> I think that the kids made it up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think about it though, whenever I'm like buying life insurance or I know fixing the I water know. heater, you know, because it all
3: fe- doesn't feel second nature, right? It all feels like you have to put on your adulting hat.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then I don't have kids. I have a stepson, but I think about my parents and I'm like, oh, they were just faking it that whole time when shit hit the fan. <laughs> and like, you know, I fake it. Like, I, don't, I didn't know how to deal with this st- stuff and I'm sure they didn't either.
2: I think there are yeah. people who love it though. I think there are people who absolutely like they take to it like a duck to water. And then there are mm-hmm. people who are like a little bit how Pretend. I feel. Or just like, okay, I'm going to call someone. You know what I mean? Like well, if I can outsource like- this, I will.
3: It's like I have a friend who has like a table in her living room with a pretty tablecloth on it, covered in framed photos of friends and family. Like I couldn't get it together to do something like that. That's like
1: prime adult behavior. Yeah, framing things, printing things and framing them.
2: That's so funny you brought that up. I I literally thought about that today because my daughter's school pictures came in. And they've been sitting there, and I'm like, I love them; they're so cute. But I know that there are people in her class, like the moms, who already have them like mailed out to relatives and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I it, guess yeah. when you
3: when you are a parent, like the the possibility of appearing not like an adult is kind of endless. Because there's oh, yeah. so many. Thi- uh,
2: but I, I, is,
1: Jess's daughter's too, so she's she's easing but, into it.
2: Yeah, but I I just don't know if I can keep that up. But <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not trying that hard. Good. But <laughs> it's just cause so it's not, not going to work.
1: <laughs> who, who do you think of as your people then? Like you were just saying like Jess with the, the moms in the class, like who's your group? Who's your crew? Who's my crew of my friends? But no, I mean like, who do you admire? Do I relate and like to or admire? Relate. Yeah.
3: There's a memoirist named Claire Dieterer who's, wonderful and writes about middle-aged life. And we were college classmates. Um, she wrote a book called, um, we'll put it in the show notes. That's what it's called. Cause I don't
1: remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, All the but, time.
3: but her, she's written two memoirs. One about, one was about her life and yoga and the other, which isn't as obnoxious as it sounds. And the other one is about getting older. I love a podcast called heavyweight. Have you heard of it? It's, um, no. Every episode, they, like, resolve some long, unresolved issue that the guest has had. So, like, Mm. for instance, there were two women on who had had a babysitter when they were girls in California. They were enchanted by and loved this babysitter. And then one day she was just gone. So this podcast guy, Jonathan Goldstein, finds the woman, like, finds the person in question, and then the people get to have resolution. Wow. Yes. Wow which I just, which I just think is like the greatest. I love, um, better things.
2: The Pamela Adlon show. Oh um, yes, yeah. yes. I thought you were supposed to talk about podcasts. She's oh, no, an yeah. amazing woman.
3: She really is. She really is. She's like uh, after Monica Lewinsky, she's my number one guest I want to have on my podcast. So I love Pamela Adlon. I love better things. I think it's such a good show. I really love the blog Go Fug Yourself. I think it's hilarious but at the same time has a really big heart.
1: I went you know, there for my Met on, Gala coverage still.
3: Yeah, I mean cuz they know they have big hearts, you know? They're like they 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 make fun of what people wear but they also you can tell they're not I mean there's so much meanness on the internet and they're never mean, which yeah. I really appreciate. it sounds like a go go good crew. Th- yeah. You know, I go to the cut every day. I go to McSweeney's. I go
1: to the New Yorker. You go you know, to girls I'm not of certain a certain age. Girls of a certain age. Yes. <laughs> Which is part of my crew. Tell us about, tell us about your website. What is the backstory? Like, why did you start that for those who, ha- who aren't familiar with it?
3: Well, the backstory was I was about a year out of getting fired from Lucky and i took a year off i badly needed a year off i was incredibly burnt out and demoralized by that whole experience and then after about a year i was like i got to do something like i got to do something so i was on cup of joe the blog one day and there was a prompt to go to blogger which used to be google's blog mm-hmm. platform mm-hmm. and i was like oh i'll just try that that could be fun and so i wrote a couple posts and they were pretty bad. And then I wrote a couple more and I like started adding to them and I made it private so I could show it to friends. And I showed it to a small circle of friends and they were enthusiastic, I think, just because I was doing something finally. And, um, and then I launched it. Like I got hired a designer and launched it as a real blog. And it's, yeah,
1: but who's the, Who do you think of it as the audience? Like what's the certain age?
3: Well, that's the question. I mean, the certain, you know, what I always say is it's, it's like porn. You know it when you see it. Or you, you you know, you know it when you feel it. If you're of a certain age, you feel it. Yeah. When did you feel it? When did I feel it? Such a good question. You know, there have been dribs and drabs over the years, but I remember when I was about 46 or so, two things happened. One was that I tried on a black floral Isabel Marant mini dress that I loved, and I was like, you're... Your days of mini dresses are just over. I don't know what happened, but they're over. Like, you look like a little kid dressing up. And then one of the nice perks at Condé Nast was if you were an editor-in-chief, they let you pick out a car. So I had an Audi convertible, like a little two-seater Audi convertible. Wait,
2: wait, wait. wait back it up. What do you mean pick uh-huh. out a car? Like they would, le- they would lease you a car. And you could zip around the city or wherever you live. No,
1: you had a driver for that, Jess.
2: No, that was what the car and driver was for. No. No, 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 no. She's, I mean, like, she's. this is for your own personal use. It was for your own
3: personal use. And the thought was, like, these people are going to be entertaining so often and yeah. having to go to the... Hey, I don't know what the thinking was, but yeah. I was psyched. I got a car. But I, I used to drive around and listen to music really loud in it. Mm-hmm. And then one day I was listening to Led Zeppelin really loud. And I was just like, yeah, I don't have this in me anymore. Like, this is taking something out of me to be listening to this really loud music in my car. And furthermore, you have a midlife crisis of a car.
1: <laughs> That's what I was going to ask about. That's an Audi two-seater is like, okay. It was And major, that's when you were of a certain age.
3: That's when I was of a certain age. And then I started in my early 50s, I started getting tattoos. I got one when I was 39. I didn't get another one until I was about 51. Okay. And I was like, yeah, this might be about a midlife crisis as well.
1: Did you get a younger boyfriend?
3: My boyfriend is younger than me, oh, as right it happens. There. Yes, Okay but, but, but not much younger.
1: All right. So that, so that's who the girl, so that was your girl of a certain age moment. And the blog, if you have guys haven't been on it, style, lifestyle, news politics as well, but all speaking to a person who is there in life, right?
3: Yeah. And I think, you know, I have readers who are in their thirties. I even somehow have readers who are in their twenties, but mostly they're in their forties and above quite a few who are in their seventies, married, divorced with kids, without kids, But, you know, and still interested in like looking cool, just like understanding what looking cool means when you're say 58 years old, which is a very different thing than it means when you're 38 or 48, I think.
2: So where else, I mean, I haven't been necessarily seeking out this sort of content, but like, I can't tell you like, oh, well, you know, there's girls of a certain age and there's blah and there's blah. I don't really, I can't think of a parallel for You're describing how to look cool when you're really 40 plus. I don't, I can't think of another, um, McMedia title. Yeah. It's a drag. I can think of fashion brands who are trying to do it, but they're not even really going for it. It's more like a little bit how to make things easy, like how to dress nice and easy. I
3: feel like fashion brands' efforts towards getting it involve getting that same very pretty model with curly gray hair and putting her on your website. Boom, done. You Let's know, talk it is a model. I, I mean, great. Gray hair is fantastic. It's just like, but and 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 you know, I feel
1: like her skin's flawless, by the way. Her skin is flawless and, and, and taut. <laughs> the,
3: the thing that I think is so frustrating is I feel like people are really tone-deaf when it comes to women in their 40s and 50s. They can't see it. It's not that they're tone-deaf, they're literal. So if it's like, if if somebody's putting together a photo shoot and they're like, we need a woman in her 40s, it's like, well, that's not going to read. What does a woman in her 40s look like? You know, somehow I think it just, it's neither here nor there. It's neither young nor old. So they have to go to one pole or the other, or, or they don't understand and think nobody's
2: going to understand. So, Kim, I have a little story for you. Mm-hmm. So I was working on a story. I have a literal story for you, I, and you'll you'll appreciate this as a you know former editor. Well, you're still an editor, but you know what I mean. So I was working on a story about makeup for women, kind of in that in between. It's like how it, it's no longer about you know just the Gen Zs and the millennials, but how beauty brands are waking up to this. Is something Jen and I talk about a lot on the show, but you're waking up to the fact that women 40 plus you know want to look amazing too and there are all these mm-hmm. brands Jones Road Flight 70 you know a lot of companies is doing a lot of work in this area to speak to this customer trying to art it was like the riddle of the sphinx it was you were either we had pictures of women in their 20s and 30s and then it was like you said the curly haired gray model or the beautiful Woman who looked like Amal Clooney with just make her hair white. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know who she is, but you're gorgeous. I love you, but not quite right for this piece because it was like she just looked a little too old. You know what I mean? Like the gray hair was. I I spent so long going back and forth. I'm like the gray hair is taking it a little too far. I was like, it's the the point is that, and I was trying to explain this. I felt like some people. I felt like I sounded difficult, and I was like, it's just that little bit over, like, little bit over the, the millennial demo, but not quite, you know, May Musk, you know, and <laughs> just, it's like this black hole. It is, it is. And because we, is. we didn't shoot custom in that time, we could have shot something beautiful. Mm-hmm. But also, budgets aren't what they once were. Okay, I'm, well, I'm done talking. Sure. There's a
3: brand called Womaness that you guys yes. mentioned too. That's one of these brands trying to um, reach women who are menopausal, perimenopausal. And they, in I think they've done a really good job of finding women who are actual ages. Mm-hmm. But then often, okay, she's my, or the, I feel this way about Paulina Poroskova. Yeah. You know, who, you know, I love that she's speaking out. I, she seems like a really smart woman but when she talks about what it's like to feel invisible in her 50s i think like you're beautiful like you're everybody's type like when, why i don't need to hear this but it also makes me realize like okay if even paulina portskova feels that kind of invisible mm. then that's really powerful stuff you know
2: you know what somebody said to me once this is a true story this beautiful editor shower name nameless said to me once you know, grow it. It's just like aging is so hard when you realize that like people just start, stop looking at you. And I know this is not like a revelation, but she's a very beautiful person. And like another, another person told me this once too, a very famous surgeon. He was like, aging is very hard for people who have always been used to their looks and i think well, I about think that's true yeah and and you know i think the doctor knows this because they're seeing people you know in and out like who are like freaking out it's like oh my god i've turned 43 you know am being replaced by 23 year olds or whatever but yeah. they, they're hearing those inner thoughts that that patient might not say outwardly but mm-hmm. when this editor said that to me i was like oh, you're gorgeous like what are you talking about but i think seeing as this was like 15 years ago, she said this to me, just seeing now, like, you're kind of replaced by like a youth, a youth culture. She kind of felt like, hmm, you know, I used to be that. Now I'm now a little I'm bit this. less visible.
1: Well,
3: you are. I mean, it's so funny. I was in Europe. It was 10 years ago. So I was 48 mm-hmm. and I was walking in Amsterdam with my mother mm-hmm. and I was like, mom, guys are checking me out. You know? And she's like, yeah, they do that in Europe. They're not like we are in America. Like if you're 48, you're you're not considered over the hill. But it is really poignant. And I think that getting by on their looks is a way women have traditionally known they can get by. So I can see where getting old and losing like phenomenal good looks would be hard, harder than if you just go through life, you know, being reasonable looking.
1: You,
2: so, you
3: guys are
1: making me think about the, there's been like a new, I want to say this is Gen Z and younger millennials are like kind of in love with the much older women and are like, let me learn from them. And I keep noticing that like the, these women that they are putting up on a pedestal are all like 70 plus. It's just more of the like polarizing of women where we're put into these blocks of ages. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, like now it's so cool to be Martha Stewart in your garden with your clay de Poe and you're se- well, I don't know how old she is. She's definitely in her 70s. I think but, she's 80. I think she's 80. Okay, there you go. But then, the, like you guys said, the 50s and 60s and maybe the 40s too, like it, it's just mm-hmm. this, this empty space. And, yeah. and the
3: thing that makes it harder to be going through that, you know, to be, to be living in that empty space is that your body is really changing in those years. It's changing your, 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 even if you stay the same weight, your body, is, your body weight is being distributed in ways it never has before. And that can be so disconcerting to have, to feel like, you know, like we have organs that just go later, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're, we're expected. Peace, we out. <laughs> <laughs> no hard feelings.
1: <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, it's, I, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, it's a kind of one-two punch. What do you think of these companies though, that are, I, there's a lot of consumerism involved like, clearly companies have seen this as like ah, white space. You know, we can help this lady with her incontinence and make it cool. And Womanist is one of those brands, but there's all these other brands that are dealing with menopausal, you know, products that help you with a hot flash. But then afterwards, when your estrogen depleted skin is like this, it's sort of a trend and I hate calling it a trend, but what do you think of that?
3: It is a trend. I think it is a trend. In the last three or four years, a lot of businesses have popped up. And I think there's been more, you know aside from the businesses, there's been more performative exhibition of appropriate looking women, if you know what I mean. Like, like that blonde, the gray haired, curly haired woman.
2: Do you think that's a bad thing though? Like, even if it is performative, is it like, you know what? It's better let than it, not it being be. there. Yeah.
3: It's better than, it's certainly better than not being there.
2: But I, I think
3: that most of the people who are starting these companies and I could be wrong, but it doesn't seem cynical to me, and I think if it seems cynical and it was like Unilever starting these companies, I would feel different. But it seems to me like they're labors of love a little bit, and that could—that's probably wrong and stupid. And please cut it out. <laughs> I don't know what I was saying. But
1: no, but if the founder like if it, herself is going through some issues, which is always right. the founder story. But
3: yeah. yeah, and then my my skin was so dry, so I invented this. Yeah, but you know, I love Bobby Brown's new line. You know, I'm oh, Jones love. Road. I'm love that Miracle Bomb. Love that mascara. Yeah.
2: So good. And yeah, like she's I, always been so good about diversity in her campaigns. But like, the, like diversity as well.
1: Online, people are trotting her out. And I think it's hilarious is this example of like, look, women over 50 are like reclaim. Like everything has to be a headline. It can't just like be. You also, know what I mean? I, I, I'm around
3: teenagers a fair amount because of what my boyfriend does for a living, and I said to one of them the uh, one day when they were like rolling their eyes at something, I said, "Like, don't you realize women in their fifties are like the coolest people there are? Like, we're so much cooler than you. We've 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 experienced everything you're going through. Like, smoking pop behind the van is not new to us."
2: And what was you their know? reaction? <laughs> you
3: know, <laughs> there, go, there goes Kim. <laughs> And that's but effort. I do think I do think women in their 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s are some of the coolest women I know and it it doesn't feel like that ever gets addressed in any way other than a patronizing or patting
2: them on the head kind of way. So do you yeah. think I I think you know you have you know we're here because of your amazing content of girls of a certain age and everything is fine but do you think that like it just hasn't hit like it's like that trend of like <sighs> You know, women in their 50s, 60s, 70s are some of the coolest people in the world. Like that just hasn't found its marketing headline. Just like you I don't know. think I I mean I would be surprised and I would be delighted if some of
3: these beauty brands that launched become big successes, but I would also be surprised because I still think we are so trained to look at, you know, to look at beauty and to look at young beauty. Yeah. And I I think that even I mean, I I'm the target demographic. And even I feel a little bit like, well, I'd rather buy something. I mean, the most glamorous brand is Jones Road, and it's the one that sort of bangs you over the head the least with who it's marketing to.
1: Yeah. It doesn't feel tokenistic in a way. It's just like it never said I'm for this woman, but you just kind of knew. Yeah. Like girls. That's a, a certain age. hard thing to do. It's like your blog. Like you just know when you know. Like Try telling your photo editor exactly what we just said. You need a 40 minute podcast to get the art you need, you know? (laughs) Oh, God.
2: I was like, you know, and it was nobody's fault. It it was, it was, all it was was a, it just spoke to the lack of imagery that existed. It wasn't about anybody not listening. It was just like there was nothing there. And I was like, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Jessica (laughs) Chastain. People, you know, I was just saying, try- yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And because we couldn't use celebrities for it, but I was like trying to paint an, a, a picture, yeah. But you also bring
1: up a point when you bring up these celebrities, like they're not kind of aging the rest of the like the rest of the world is.
3: And yeah, look, the rest of the world is not aging the way the rest of the world used to
1: age, true. But I think you go out. Somewhere in America, where there's no yeah. celebrities, the people are going to look more their age than celebrities do. What's your What's your approach to the whole like? Mm-hmm. Oh, I got a wrinkle. What am I going to do?
3: Well, I'm very lucky. I have pretty oily skin still, <laughs> so I don't I don't get a ton of wrinkles. I have had injections, not in a few years, but I'm I'm, I'm raring to go for more. I take <laughs> raring I, it to go. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm
2: no, it's just funny. I just picture you, like raring to go.
3: Sign me up. <laughs> I am. I'm super excited for more. I, I, I was very late to skincare. I don't think I took care of my skin in a proper way until I was probably 50, but I, now I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty obsessive Never too about late. that.
2: Never, Never too,
3: late. too late. It's true. So, so yeah, that's it. I don't, I don't go crazy. I spend most of the, what I spend the biggest amount of money on is my hair.
1: Oh yeah. Now the gray well, hair gray- itself that we brought about up is like, do you have gray hairs? half, according to my hairdresser,
3: half the hair on my head is now gray. And I went through a, a, a little period. I didn't call her for a while. And I like, let it grow out. And I was like, can I do this? Can I do this? And I was like, not yet. Like I'll revisit when I'm entirely gray and I admire the women who really do it, but I, I was not ready.
2: And what, why weren't you ready? What was going through your mind or when you went out, when we, when you went out to dinner or to the coffee shop?
3: I'll tell you, I don't think it's like the most fabulous response, but I felt like just the same way that blondes get checked out on the streets simply because they're blondes. Mm-hmm. I'm about to make one of my imperfect analogies. If you've got gray hair, you're immediately red as old, unless you're that gorgeous British Vogue model or you know, a few other people. You know the one I'm talking about? It was yes. the gorgeous Sarah right? Harris.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. She's on my Pinterest board of inspiration. <laughs>
3: She's inspiring. But I don't think that, I mean, I actually, I think she colors her gray hair. That's why it looks so good. I think she may naturally have gray hair, but it looks like she gets a wash, right? I mean, you guys would know better than me.
2: I can't speak to her routine, but like, I think, (laughs) well, I think well-maintained hair. I think when your hair is all gray, there's also a texture issue to contend with. Yes. And yes. and you have to heat style it a certain way. It's like are you getting weekly blowouts? Are you getting deep conditioning treatments? Maybe there is to your point a toner involved. You can't just like let it all go gray and think it's gonna look like, you know, Sarah Harris.
3: That is a very good point, and I'm glad you made it because that is obviously true. And I think a lot of women do go gray. And <laughs> that silly skit on Saturday Night Live this week—did you see oh, it?
2: Dead, Jen. Did you see this skit? Tell me. We oh, take it Let's away. Let's assume Kim. all of
3: our listeners didn't see it either. Take it away,
2: Kim. We're going to
3: post it. Please. Okay, I'm going to try to do as good a job I can as I can. Please jump in. Okay. Um, there were these two women, and they're talking, and they're like. When I'm feeling sassy, I put on my gray pigtails. And they're like, so do we. And there are more women. And they're like, I'm the kind of woman who could have brunch at a winery and then ride off on a motorcycle or something like that. It Where says, is-
2: I look like how incense smells. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: But it was funny, but it, it was very much to what we're talking about too, because yeah, it's, it's like
2: kooky, kooky, crazy. This sounds
1: like the coastal grandma that the millennials are like very into no, right coastal now. Coastal
2: grandma, no, coastal grandma is like Nancy Myers, rich bitch. No, this is like what do they
3: call them? I'm gonna say UNESCO girls. That's not what yes. they call them.
2: But it's, oh, yeah, but it's, they, like, it's like, like you have like a backpack with like a yeah. with like visco patchwork. visco
1: guys. The
3: the app. visco, visco, visco. Girls, Thank you. Yes, I yes, knew yes, it yes. wasn't UNESCO.
1: <laughs>
2: Oh, no, I wouldn't even think it's a visco girl. I think it's like, it's like a crunchy, like a food co-op, you know, like it's crunchy, crunchy granola. And I, listen, I saw these ladies on the skit and I was like, they look like I'd love to have a conversation with them. They look like fun, but it's like, (laughs) it's not like sex bomb. It's, it's something different. It's a different effect.
3: the, The sex piece of it gets so tricky, you know, being able to still come across as a sexual being. Or it's
1: fun. Yeah. You bring it up but like some of those brands we were talking about the products are there not to also help with more pleasurable sex and like yeah. and even and health aside and the reasons that'll change aside speaking to people about that still feels kind of taboo. Speaking to, to the fact that women over mother bearing or like childbearing age have sex I think it feels taboo in this country. What do you think?
3: I would like to think it's changing, but I don't think it's changing much. I think that the women who are still allowed to kind of be seen as sexual beings are the ones who like are famous and have had injections and have you know and mm-hmm. do get like weekly oxygen facials or whatever the thing is now.
1: Yeah. Though this brings up another point that I wanted to ask you about. Remember another sketch? You remember Amy Schumer's last fuckable day?
2: Yes, of course. That's like classic. That, that so like that's like the template. That's like the blueprint for everything we're talking about. <laughs> I, ha- I looked that up
1: because we were having this conversation. And I was thinking about it. That was seven years ago. Amazing. I don't know what's happened to time in the last... <sighs> it's like a weird warp. But do you think that would still be funny today? Like, is it still relevant? Or are we, like, mo- are we sort of moving past that?
3: Oh, we've, we won't move past that. I don't no. think we'll move past that. I just don't. I mean, for every Sandra Bullock who still gets to star as the romantic interest to Channing Kate Tatum which she did in some recent movie, there are, like, so many other movies, TV shows, whatever, where the woman is, you know, considered completely appropriate for being 20 years younger.
1: I'm thinking Patricia Arquette's probably about her age, and I just saw her in, like, a TV show that I love, Severance, that, like, oh. she's, like, she's the mature, weird old lady neighbor. That's half of what that she is, character no, is. But- I, I've been watching Severance, too, so I know... Her character. yeah, and, and she's a wonderful actress, but it's like, yeah, like you said, like they're the same age and she's playing a totally different cohort.
3: <laughs> right. And could you see someone who looks like Patricia Arquette, like in, you know, an ad or something like it would be hard because she's she's it's a little the way that people who do these things see them. I think she's a little here nor there. She doesn't look old. She doesn't look young.
1: <laughs> As we circle back to the original conundrum. <laughs> So what would you do? Do you think that this needs to change? Like, do you ever feel like I'm left out of the con- conversation other than like starting your blog and having a website where we talk about the or your podcast where you talk about these things?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Would you feel patronized if a company started like directly speaking to you in that cool girl way? It depended
3: how good they were at it.
1: I'm probably Clearly, pretty, Bobby has done a good job. At Bobby's
3: it. done a good job. But she also like, you know, a thing I used to always say about Lucky Magazine was it was a magazine about shopping, but it wasn't about shopping, like we didn't have articles about like fighting over the last Fendi bag at the sample sale and we didn't use language like shop till you drop. Like it was mm. obviously what it was. And I think the same thing is true of, of Bobby Brown's line. Like it, it, it works because, because she's Bobby Brown, but also because like it just, it's somehow she's attracting. She, it, it's not making you feel like, oh, I'm old. So this is my product for my old self.
2: Well, she's always been about her. She's always been about her and like authentic beauty and embracing who you are. I think it's. I think that her bobbiness shines through the line. If it was just right. a line by like Joe Schmo, I don't think it right. would do so well. Yeah, you're probably right. What do you think about
1: you know the Allure magazine banned the word anti aging a couple mm-hmm. years ago now? I think does that word bother you when it replied uh, applied to beauty products? It doesn't bother me,
3: but I I. I know it does bother some people. I just think like why I use every one of my beauty products for its anti-aging properties,
2: <laughs> you know, like, please don't take that away from me. Do you get feedback from some of your Condé colleagues about girls of a certain age? I have, I mean, at the beginning I
3: did and people were pretty nice about it.
2: But or maybe it, not even Condé, but I just mean people who are from that world because what you're doing is something that is really, I think, much more, I think it's just it's it's more daring than I think a major corporation like a major corporation is not putting out girls of a certain age. Yeah.
3: Well, when I was when when I left Lucky, I was very clear even before I left Lucky that that was my last magazine job. Mm-hmm. For what reason? Cuz I didn't want to be there when the lights went out. Mm. You know, I was just I it was and as as an editor in chief, it was just really depressing to see how much of my Time was spent trying to come up with alternative forms of revenue. I mean, you guys know you were there. It it, it just, my job from when I started to when I left, I mean, it was about 90% being an editor when I started and probably about 30% being an editor when I left. Because there were just so many other concerns and everybody saw what was coming down the road and nobody at Condé Nast knew what to do about it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: You're not a chief content and revenue officer? (laughs) I know.
2: (laughs) So now you're doing what you love, which is creating content and connecting with, with people, which is what you were so amazing at, at Sassy. I mean, no, no, no other title has since, in my opinion, and Jen, tell me if you agree, created that sort of intimacy and community with readers, because I can't think of one magazine. I'm sure people who are listening are like, well, what about this? But I firmly believe in my experience, nobody has connected with a with an a female audience that closely ever since, like a real kind of cult audience. And now you're doing something really similar with girls of a certain age. So I think that's really amazing and really cool.
3: Oh, well, thank you. It's certainly more gratifying than, you know, working on a big corporate magazine, although that was fun in its own way too. But. I'm very happy. You know, I, I, I knew when I got fired, I was 48 years old. I was like, I'm not going to be anybody's first choice for any job that I want. And I just, I decided not, I would just, I would do what I had to do in my personal life to not work for the man anymore. Very cool. You know, who made? who knows, maybe, maybe it'll happen again someday, but I'm, I, you know, I went, I, my body revolted against being an editor-in-chief at Condé Nast. I got, I had horrible migraines. I had, it was just, it it was a great opportunity in many, many ways, but I was not particularly well-suited for it constitutionally.
2: Yeah.
1: Jess, when you brought up the magazine, I had a thought, and I want to get your take on it before, Kim, we ask you about products and shopping because we kind of have to (laughs) and some other good stuff. But just that, I think that that does happen, but on social media, there are influencers, I think, that find their tribe in their community and people really connect with and feel mm-hmm. like they know that person. Yes. And if they didn't post one day, I mean, it's weird because it's not a brand, and but in a way it is. It's If that person doesn't post, what happened to them? Where are they? And these communities are much smaller than a community like Sassy's readership would have been. No, maybe not. I don't know no, what their readership was. Well, some was. of them
2: aren't
3: smaller, but certainly Cup of Joe is massive. There are some that are massive.
1: Yeah, there. so it's almost like it's not the same analogy because this is a totally different medium, but I think that's where people find their, their,
2: their tribe now. Yeah. A little bit, you know, yeah, it's so much, I mean
3: stuff. I, I think that is, that is, I mean, you know, we've been talking about getting older, but I do think that's one of the great things about being young now, you know, because sassy was so important because it had to exist then it doesn't have to exist now. It, it there's so many ways for teenagers to find people like them. You know, there might yeah. not be a place that gives them the information they got from Sassy or, you know, our charming personalities. But I do think that you can, you can find your people so much more quickly now. Sure.
1: Yeah. So Kim, as a girl of a certain age, I'm putting you in that group right mm-hmm. now, since you named okay. it, what beauty products are really speaking to you besides Jones Road? Like, what are you into these days?
3: Besides
1: Jones Road, okay, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but there's a hair... Product line. Oh, called. I heard your recent. It's Satchawan. You were right when you Sacha said Satchawan. Yeah, okay. I heard your last podcast.
3: <laughs> I have like horrible hair. I have my hair is like. Are either of you Jewish? Like my hair is my mishigas. It's my like. <laughs> it's, it's, it's awful, and so I have. I like. I lost a lot of hair. A bunch of hair fell out because I had a horrible Japanese straightening treatment in the aughts when
2: everybody was doing that. Yes, and that ruined your hair ruined my hair. I made my have hair. Have you cuts. spread the word about, I'm not trying to take down a business, but like, did you like tell this people? years that-
1: ago, when they still had formaldehyde probably.
2: It took me a while to
3: realize that that's why my hair fell out. Okay. Okay. I thought I was on some medication at the time. I thought maybe it was that. I just, I thought it was stress of the job, but when I look back on it, it seems almost for sure that it was that Japanese straightening. So I have extensions, but I have curly hair. So I have Curly, curly natural hair and straight extensions because I blow it out. Thing, yeah, it's a whole fucking thing. It's a whole thing. It's a time suck. It's such a time suck, and I'm I'm really tired of it. But the only thing I dislike more than like doing it is what I look like with like thin curly hair.
2: No, I get it. So I do so Sasha so one, one.
3: The Sasha is I've used many, many products and it's the best. It's the best. It like if you have frizzy hair, it just smooths it out.
2: Well, which which product exactly? Like which okay. which exactly? They're,
3: they're moisturizing shampoo. Okay. Then a conditioner that has a name like super duper ultra conditioner or something. Okay. Like it's just their, their deep conditioner. And then their um, serum. Okay. I love their serum. So that's one Sachuan thing. Stan. I love it. Satchewan. I love Sachuan. it. Let's see. What are my other products? Oh, Kosas. I love Kosas. Like the skin you know. products, the foundation? The skin product. I use the, um, the tinted
1: oil. The skin tint. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: The skin tint. I like it a lot. You don't like it so much. I feel much.
1: like it's the Isabelle Morant of makeup.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's so good. <laughs> A little bit. That's right, so isn't good. It? I feel I feel so shamed. The no. beauty editors no, 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 no. shamed my choice. No, I
1: don't. I'm no, not shaming I'm, anything. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just, kidding, a, just listening. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I have seen I've seen Isabel, Isabel morant many times on your website. Oh the clothing. no, I'm not. Oh no, 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 no. I
3: think what you said was on the money. I think that oh, it was okay. a very good. I'm just. I just feel embarrassed because I didn't feel like oh, I was cool. clued into the. Oh no, it's cool. And let's see what else. I like. I use a lot of Drunk Elephant products on my skin.
2: Okay, it works I for like you. Them.
3: Works for me. Okay. Yeah, those are my main beauty products. I have yet to find an eyeliner that will stay on my skin. Like I found a Shiseido one that kind of works, but because I have like
2: oily lids, eyeliner doesn't stay on. You know what I tried recently that's pretty good? It's not a new product by any means. It's an old product. The Chanel Longwear Eyeliner is pretty good. It's like a twisty. It's not Mm -hmm. a sharpeny. I usually like things I can sharpen. I normally don't like automatic pencils. Cause I feel like you can never get a sharp point. Do you know yeah. what I mean? You can't get it to a tiny ti- Yeah. So if you're like a smudgy one, maybe try that one. But I understand eyeliner travels. It does. It really does. And I'm
3: terrible at applying makeup. I mean, I really have to keep it very simple because I'm very, very bad
2: at it. I doubt you're very, very bad, but like maybe just keeping it simple with just like a little, a little smudge. A little smudge and a lip. I have a question for you guys
3: because I hear from people that women should wear less makeup the older they get, and
2: I don't agree with this. You and Christopher Buckle.
1: <laughs> he's our patron saint here I, at you, ha- you,
2: you have to listen. First yes, of all, he's makeup, makeup artist, so
1: we have to give her some background.
2: This man yeah, is. And Ryan Carey's makeup artist. He also has been working a lot with Jessica Chastain. He worked with her at award season. He did when she won the award, he did her makeup. Blake Lively, he is fabulous. I love his work, but I also love him and like the way he speaks and all of his isms. He was on the show twice. We love him that much. And he talked about when, as a woman gets older, and he's not like as a woman gets older, like wagging his finger, he's just speaking from experience. He's like, your face loses color, so you have to add it back. More blush. You need to line your lips because your lips lose de- lose definition. More, more, you know, grab a liner. You're like, you're like it, Everything is very like logic-based and pragmatic. Mm-hmm. It's not like out of a place of like nastiness. It's just like makes sense. So when I was listening to it, I remember walking down the street. I remember where I was. I was like, oh my God, that's why I look like crap. But at the same time, <laughs> I also do feel like I understand the less is more philosophy too, because sometimes I look great with like, I look great. I I look better with a little (laughs) bit like of like a Jones road, the new foundation, a couple dabs, a little mascara and like, you're out the door that looks better than poorly applied a lot of makeup. I guess it's like what you're capable of.
1: I'm going to do, like, one of those Kim analogies that's sort of a mixed analogy. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know how there used to be the fashion rule, don't wear white after Labor Day or whatever it was? Yes. And we all laugh now because that's ridiculous. I think when that rule came up of use less makeup as you get older, the makeup was shit. It was, like, Mm -hmm. pancakey. It was max factory, heavy. It would settle into lines powder was everywhere. When's the last time you've seen a powder compact come out of a purse? You know what yeah. I mean? It's yeah. a different type of makeup now, but I feel like it's one of those like women's kind of women's magazine rules that just keeps going even though it's no longer true. That's my theory, Yeah, which just came to me just now as you were talking. So <laughs> I don't know.
2: But also like, have you seen somebody apply, like what I think of like for like when somebody applies Barely their makeup if you get it professionally done. Like they're applying like 45 different products to make you look like <laughs> yeah. you just woke up like this. But meanwhile, I try to do it and I look like I like mud like smacked on my face, you know? Oh, I know. I know. I, I,
3: I one of I, I used to hate having to go to benefits and things like that when I was a Nast, but I used to love when they would come do my makeup.
1: Mm. And be amazed at how many things went on your face, yet you still looked naturally.
3: Forty-five minutes, like I don't understand—forty-five minutes on my face. I, 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 I feel like makeup artists take a long time to do it so they can justify the expense. Hot take.
1: <laughs> you have some episodes to catch up on with fat mascara. I think. <laughs> no, I'm just, no, just
3: kidding. Just kidding. But I do no. wonder, like, what are they doing for all that time?
1: They're, they're not just slapping it on. They're yeah, perfecting. They're, they're, they're layering it primer. up gently and. Right, not just slapping it on, but it is a good point.
2: Shall we do our okay. speed round that we always FM do at the five. end of the pod? FM five, yes. okay, ready? Mm-hmm. I could just get lost talking to you, Kim. This is oh, fun. Thank you, Jessica. This is really fun. Okay, wow. so what's something you wear now that you wouldn't have worn when you were younger? Button-down shirts. Really? So
3: all I wear are button-down shirts. But Yeah, I just used
2: to wear, cu- yeah, used to wear Post- cute little tops. still grandma.
3: Costume. I know, <laughs> I know, I know.
2: But it's wait, really but, true. But, no, it's real question, true question. Like, do you do you steam them with a steamer? Do you iron them? Because button-down shirts need. To, or do you send them out? Like, how do I you-, wish you? I wish this wasn't navy blue, and you could see that it was just pulled out of the dryer. Oh, you you throw them in the dryer?
3: No, some of them. This one actually really? no, I, I hang this one to dry.
2: Okay, because I, I was like even speaking if I...
3: euphemistically. Oh, okay, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but but it. But no, I never. I mean, if I've got to look normal or good, I will steam. But okay. I don't have the patience for it. I live in Brooklyn. I live in suburban Brooklyn. Nobody cares what I look like
2: anymore. Okay, okay, because I just feel like button-down shirts. I have a few, but like they're a job. So I'm always. Well, wondering. you can
3: decide that they're not going to be a job and just wear them wrinkled, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't advise that for everybody.
2: Okay. It's probably okay. not the best. Hot tip, hot tip. Okay. Conversely, what's something that you won't wear now that you used to wear when you were younger? And you can decide what younger means. Baby doll dresses. Mm, yes. For sure. Which discussed.
3: I spent like much of the 90s in. Got you. I got you. Do you still have them? Oh, no.
2: You gave I'm them a, away? I'm,
3: I'm a closet editor. Oh, okay. Cool. Oh, that, you could actually say that. Two ways. I'm a closet editor or
2: I'm a closet editor. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, did you donate that? good headliner. Like, you go. You go to, do you give them to like um, housing works or do you like sell them on real real or something? I have a tiered system. Like things that like things that are
3: fine go to housing works mm-hmm. or no things that are fine go to like a shelter. Mm-hmm. Things that are nice, but not like designer go to housing works. Mm-hmm. And then like my fancy designer clothes of which I have precious few anymore, go to go to the real real, yeah. Got it, okay.
2: Biggest beauty mistake you've ever made? That was the Japanese hair straightening okay. for sure. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's painful. Absolutely. Sorry to bring that up again. <laughs> and what's the best beauty service you've ever gotten like, or like the most bang for your buck?
3: Well, even though it's desperately expensive, I would say my extensions give me the most bang for my buck because I just wore my hair back every single day of my life before I got them because I was so, you know, ashamed of how little hair I had. And so you can
2: see, see up here, you can see it's like very thin up there. Anyway, I, my extensions. I did not even like I'm not even noticing or clocking that. She's she's, say, she's pointing at something that I'm like, not really, but okay. I'm pointing at my hairline, but if the light was on it, you could really see. I'm
3: thinking of getting this new thing. Maybe you guys know someone who can do it for me. The micro-needling, but for your hairline. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. Like with Very the PRP or you
1: mean like with color, like you're going to get a micro-needled scalp?
3: I just want it to look like fuller here.
1: like So like you hairline. would like get the color on your scalp so that- Yeah, 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 is that yeah. What yeah. You mean? The only thing yes. I'll say is, at some point, you, may, you might have that, 50, that 100% white or gray and want to go there, and then you got a brown scalp.
3: Really good point. That's my only... Okay.
2: Really good point. Thank you. That's my only thought. Okay. <laughs> how do you unwind at the end of the day? Inedible.
3: <laughs> Kim, how many milligrams? I can't discuss that with you. <laughs>
1: No, because like every time I take one, I'm like out for four days. So
3: <laughs> uh, you have to I read think 25 up. 25 milligrams is a nice place to start. Oh, what? That's an insane to start. For me. I said to start. We can talk okay. about this on email.
1: We'll talk about that offline. I will recommend a newsletter to you: "How Not to Fuck Up Your Face" by Valerie Monroe. She has, yep,
3: love her. You
1: know it. Oh, okay. She had a, a newsletter about an accidental edible that spoke to me. Anyway, <laughs> it's about you, not me. Kim, oh my God, I want to talk to you for like 20 more hours.
2: Oh, guys, that's so nice. I had so much fun. It's just really fun, Kim. Thanks
1: for digging into this topic with us.
2: (sighs) Okay, everyone, Kim, thank you so much. Guys, girls of a certain age, check it out. Everything is fine. Check it out. Kim, thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you. This was a blast. We hope you enjoyed the show.
1: It's your reviews and feedback that help us make the podcast even better. Head over to iTunes to rate and review us or email your thoughts to info at fatmascara.com.
2: We also want to answer your beauty questions and hear what products you love. To share a Razor One product review or to ask a beauty question, email us at info at fatmascara. If you send it as a voice memo file, we can even
1: share your voice on the podcast. You can also do that by leaving us a voice message. Our phone number in the United States is 646-481-8182. Thanks so much for listening.